Gentlemen, start your engines. This is going to be a mighty emotional occasion for a lot of people, not the least of whom is myself. In a race to remember. But this is absolutely gobsmacking. Yeah, he hasn't even hit the brake yet. G'day, I'm Dan Hollihan. Welcome to my motorsports podcast, On the Couch with Hawley, brought to you by Sweet Black, creating success with people. On today's final episode of Season 1, I've got Aaron Borg. Aaron chats about his time as a child going in and out of hospital with a rare heart condition. He is a former Toyota 6 Series champion who's currently competing in the V8 Super Ute Series, whose main goal is to make it into the Supercars Championship. Well, that's enough for me, so let's hear it from the man himself, Aaron Borg. And welcome to the podcast, Aaron Borg. Dude, how you been? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good seeing you again. It's been been a while. Yeah, I've noticed that you were just down at Winton, far out that weekend looked like crazy to me. Yeah, it was. It was. We were down there, obviously, last weekend, so it was, it was good fun. Obviously, the Utes, Utes we've been in this year, so... Um, yeah, they're good fun, good racing and big loud utes are always, always fun with flames shooting out. So it's, um, yeah, it was good. It was nice and cold down there, which, yeah. um, obviously for race cars is good, but, the, um, the environment's not, not great, but, um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. We ended up, um, got a win in the first race. Yep. Um, had a, unfortunately cut tire in the second race. So mm. basically I was, it was reverse grid. So as we we're coming through, something fell off the car in front of me and, Yep. basically ran on to run over it pretty much and it's cut the inside of the tire and probably three or four laps later blew up on me so <laughs> we're um luckily kept going to get some points ended yep. up changing the tire in the pits and then um yeah the last two races we ended up finishing second behind behind my teammate dave cedars so yeah good we'd extended our championship lead which was which is the main goal obviously as as you know and um yeah. yeah, we're um yeah hoping to hoping to keep the lead and keep extending it at the next one. Yeah, you've had a huge relationship with the Cedars boys, haven't you, since racing? Yeah, pretty much all of my car racing has been with the Cedars boys. So, um, I've been very fortunate. They've they've helped me out a lot over the years. So, yeah. Um, I started with them. It was actually kind of with them by association with Andrew Fisher. Yeah. Um, Fishdale, He obviously ran. Not sure many people know, but he ran Jesus Racing Team. Yeah. Um, and I was working with him at the time and. Obviously, he knew that I was into racing and I was helping him run his team and obviously doing stuff with Cedars. So, um, yeah, I actually started with Cedars sort of working on tyres and doing tyre pressures and everything at their hit rounds yeah, yeah, um, yeah. a few years back while I was kart racing at the time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sort of just kept at it. And then, as I said, and Andrew, he, he helped me out a lot as well. He, he knew, obviously, that I wanted to get into car racing and he gave me my, my first opportunity. We did a... Um, yeah, we did the first, my first national race, well, my first car race was at Darwin up in the V8 Utes. And um, yeah, yeah, it was it was baptism by fire hopping into the Utes because that was <laughs> when they had 30-odd 30 30 yeah. cars at the time and it was real crash and bash. So I've gone from kart racing into into full-on V8 Ute racing and it was, um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. We, um, I think ended up ended up starting because obviously they had big reverse grid races. So mm. started one of the races off third and ended up finishing in the top 10 in that one. But um. Yeah, it was it was good fun, and being in Darwin in a in a Vout Ute, the the temperatures up there were through the roof. So I've gone from being in an open part with nothing around to yeah. basically having um heat forty fifty degree cabin temperatures and trying to get through a race while you've got thirty yeah. other cars around you trying to hit you off the track. So it was um <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good fun and, and great way to get into it. So yeah, so yeah, Cedars have been with them for ages, and and like I said, sort of 
Yeah. Started by association with Andrew Fisher, who helped me a lot at, mm. at the beginning. Can you can you explain to me a bit about like the Cedars atmosphere, like as a race team? So like I've had other guys come in here and like I race for Barton Moore, right? So it's like yeah. a very like nostalgic type of atmosphere. What's the what's the Cedars shed like, and what's the setup there, and how does the boys all get involved? Yeah, so Cedars is, I I say it a lot. It's kind of like my family away from away racing. It's um it's a big family environment. Like it it is a family run team. Like they've got. Um, so Luke Cedars, he's, he's the manager of the team and he, he runs it day in, day out. Mm. Um, but you've got Bill, his dad, who drives all the trucks around. Um, my dad actually this year has been helping drive the trucks around as well. So yeah. it's good to get, good to get my dad involved as well. Cause he loves it. Um, so yeah, so it's big family environment. You've got the parents. So he's, his so Luke's mum, Chris, um, his only Sylve, they, they get involved as well. They do all the catering for everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big family environment. Like they've got a few boys that work there full time, but then. They also get a lot in that are um, volunteers. So mm. we have a lot of TAFE guys from um, down at Albury Wodonga who who come up to the right different race events, whether it be in the eighty sixes or the um all of our Utes. It's yeah, yeah, it's great, great to have sort of that great, I guess, family atmosphere behind it as well because you feel you feel like it's more than a team and yeah, mm. you have some good fun good fun around racing. We um yeah, we've got a few interesting characters in the team as well. I've got a few good teammates. Um yeah. especially the Mags, the Mags yeah. boys, Jared and Jaden. They're <laughs> they're always good fun to have around. We um there's they're one charismatic. They are. They're very charismatic. <laughs> um everyone knows that they're there when they're there. So yeah. it's um yeah it's great fun. It just makes the whole weekend a bit more fun and a bit more lighthearted. And obviously we're there everyone's serious when when it needs to be. Yeah. Um and we're there we're there to win races and win championships. But it's um good to have that atmosphere where you can like I'm good mates with pretty much all the boys yeah um who work there full time and yeah it's it's good having that family atmosphere as well. They're talking about the mags, didn't you actually race their time attack car? Was did that deal come about through the Cedars thing? Yeah, pretty much. So Jared's got a R thirty three um skyline that he's turned into this monster of a thing on yeah. on for World Time Attack. Um, it's got basically over a thousand horsepower, big wings on it, everything like that, and um. He used to have Stevie J, so Steve Johnson mm-hmm. used to race it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he basically got to the point where during COVID, obviously Time Attack got put off a couple of times, and then uh, he wanted me to be testing the car, and then Luke suggested to him, well, why don't you get him to race it as well if he's going to be testing it? And then mm. um, kind of went on from there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate to to be able to. We actually didn't end up testing it. We actually just went straight into the race. So yeah. it kind of kind of didn't work. The same way that it was planned anyway, but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like we, I think the only problem with time attack is you only really get two laps at a time when you're yeah. out there because otherwise the car won't last. And, um, yeah, so I think over the weekend I did something like 10 or 12 laps total. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> but it was, yeah, great experience. We we're doing almost 300 Ks. I think we did 296 Ks an hour at Eastern Creek down the main straight. So you move, move. Was that at night? Quick. Um, no, that was actually during the day. So we, we're running because you run, we've got about 10 different boost settings on them. And mm. basically we'll just slowly, we kept it pretty low while I was getting used to it on the first day. And then the second day we'll just slowly bring it up as I was getting used to it again. Mm. And um, yeah, the session just before the night one, we went to, I think it was setting six out of 10. Yep. Um, and that's when we got 296, I think it was down the straight. And we yeah, were, right. We were fourth quickest time at the, at the time and we knew there was a lot more in it. Mm. Um, so we then for the nighttime one, Put, we ended up all the way. It yeah. was ready to go. I started my lap, came down the straight, and then all of a sudden just had no power. Yeah, and, um, right. So yeah, so it was it was one of those things where it was, it was very disappointing because we wanted to. The boys were 
pretty keen to see the 300k and they full yeah. taped up all the cracks in the car and made it as slipstream as possible yeah right. um, and we're all obviously trying to get onto the podium for for jared as well and mm. we we're pretty close so i think with that extra boost and new tires and everything we probably would have would have got there but it's one of the things typical motorsport or would have could have should have so yeah. um but yeah it was it was great fun so it was um yeah great experience and hopefully I know Jared's got the car away now, getting worked on again. So mm. hopefully we'll be back for um for the next one. Mm. So I actually want to know about you, Aaron, just as like a person and you know how you grew up. I know that you had open heart surgery at the age of seven. Can you actually yeah. um talk about like you know your parents are heavily involved in your motorsport and just you know how you grew up and how that all happened before you got to karts? Yeah, yeah. So I was um I was born with a heart condition. It's mm. called subaortic stenosis, which it's obviously a very technical term, but the layman's terms of it is basically one of my main aortas, one of the main arteries was blocked. Mm. Um, it actually had a growth in it. It was like a muscular growth that just kept getting bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, so I was like, when I was a kid, I remember being at school and I couldn't walk more than 50 metres without being out of breath and not being able to keep up with everyone. And I was quite an active kid even with that. So yeah. for me, it was quite, quite hard. Yeah. Um, I then had to have like all these heart monitors every now and then on me at school and everything like that. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was tough times being, being a little kid having to do that. And I look back at it now and at the time you sort of, obviously you're a kid, you don't really understand it much, but you look back now and you, you can actually see, well, wow, this is a lot that you actually went through. And, and my parents did a lot to help make sure that I didn't feel like it was a big burden. Yeah. Um, one of those things, obviously racing, I couldn't race normally, as you know, as most people know, you can start cutting when you're seven. Yeah. I couldn't do that because of my heart problem. But um, yeah, I actually had open heart surgery when I was seven, as you said. Yeah. Um, it was, it was interesting because I, w I was in and out of hospital all through my childhood. Mm. But when I got to the time before the open heart surgery, We'd gone through the prep and everything before it, and just before they go in, they do another another scan and an ultrasound and all the rest of it. And they actually said to my parents, they said, "Oh, we we can't actually see the blockage, so mm. like, we don't know where it's gone and all the rest of it." And um, they're like, "Oh, do you still want to go ahead with it?" Mm. And my parents were like, "Well, I was pretty much under and all the rest of it anyway, so like, well, we've gone this far, like it's it's weird that it's gone, so we may yeah. as well go ahead with it." And um, very fortunate decision from my end that they made because. Yeah. Basically, the reason why they couldn't see it is because the blockage had grown completely over the whole the whole um, aorta. So it was a um, yeah. They the doctors afterwards said it was a good call because basically I would have probably had two weeks to live if really if they didn't wow. cut it out at the time. So yeah, um, yeah. So very fortunate. From then we um, couldn't race straight away because I was going in for checks every every month, um, and eventually got to the point where things were looking like they they were getting better. So that was when I was ten. Um, still needed though to get my karting license mm. approval from doctors saying, yep, you're all good to go racing. So we actually, it's a funny story. We actually went through probably three different doctors. Yeah. All of them kind of said, no, you can't go racing. Really? And, and um, <laughs> we went to another one and he was like, oh, is that, are they, cause he was saying about karting yeah. and he's like, oh, are they the ones that you push down the hill? Yeah. And then mum and myself were straight away like, yeah, yeah, they're the ones. They're the ones. He's like, oh, that's fine. That's not too bad. So, yeah, yeah. so we kind of tricked our way into into doing it. And <laughs> I still need to get yearly checkups. So for yeah. my last, I still need to get yearly checkups and we're all good, all good with that now. And basically, yeah, nothing's growing back now. It's been, mm. what, well, it's a long time. It's been 14 years ago now. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, so, but basically, yeah, from then started racing. My dad got into racing obviously because my dad, um, he, he raced carts and my uncle as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically 
since I started racing carts, um, dad didn't race as much. Mm. Um, so he, he kind of <laughs> put everything, I kind of stole the limelight. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was good fun racing. My first, actually, funny story, first yeah. time in a cart on a track was at um at Oran Park. Yeah. And for those that know Oran Park, basically the cart track was down the bottom. As yeah. you know, it's down the bottom section. And you, you basically start right down the bottom and then turn ones just before you go up the hill. Yeah, it was so, a great um, little track. It was. It was it was unreal, probably one of my favourites. And yeah. um but then you go up the hill over the bridge and then you turn right to come down the hill. And yeah. so my first time I didn't quite make it to the downhill bit because yeah. um, <laughs> I basically was probably, I don't know, at the time scared scared of the speed or something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. and stopped going up the hill. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I didn't know at the time so I was probably going half throttle for what I had. But at the time dad had Went the throttle back half throttle as well because he didn't want me going too fast as well. So yeah. we're pretty much getting zero throttle and yeah, found out going up the hill. And my poor dad had to come run up behind me and it was push cut push starts at the time. So yeah. he's trying to push start me up this steep hill at our park and yeah. eventually got it going. And then um yeah, from then it was yeah. Do you, do you remember your first go kart though? Like what what the what it, what it looked like? Like yeah, do you remember yeah. the characteristics of it? Yeah, so it was an old CMP. Yeah, um, I don't think they're around anymore these days, but um. <clears throat> Basically, John Pasquale and Colin Hurst, they, they were big supporters of my racing younger mm. days. Um, so, yeah, so basically John, he helped us get a CMP, a little CMP, because that's what my dad was racing at the time as well. It was, yeah. had square pods, grey pods. It was, um, I think the chassis was purple yeah. colour. Um, so yeah, purple had a little, and grey. Yeah, and had a little had a little J motor on it, Yamaha yeah. J motor. So, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was good, good fun. Um, still got photos of that and everything at home. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think at the time it was the class called Midgets. I think it's mm. Cadet 7 or something now. But, um, yeah. Oh, it's totally changed yeah, since we've every, left. Everything's changed <laughs> now. But, um, yeah, it was, it was Midgets at the time. And, yeah, we, we'd done all right. I'd, my first race on my P's, I think I obviously got lapped and all the rest of it. But then... First race off my P's actually was when I got my first race win. So mm. it was, um, I remember that race at Eastern Creek, Macca's track, which is, as mm. you remember, basically yeah. called it Macca's track because you go down yeah. to Macca's and come back. So um, <laughs> They didn't use that much, did they? Nah, nah. Mm. Back then they did. But then after, I think probably after one or two years of me racing, they pretty much stopped it. That's yeah. where they had the hire carts going after that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was good fun, good good track. And um, yeah, from then on, it sort of sort of started from there. Yeah. yeah, and then so John and Colin essentially you built a massive relationship then with your go karts, didn't you? You're, yeah, you were actually good mates with Josh Craig who listens to the show too. So yeah, yeah. Can you explain a bit, bit about your days? Obviously, Cole's passed away. Yeah, and I think a lot of the listeners would actually like to hear some of the stories that you've had with him. Yeah, so Cole, Cole was an interesting character, as yeah. everyone who met him knows. Um, he, like I said, him and John, massive supporters of mine. Um, mm. they they basically helped me through my entire karting career. So we um, there's a point where Obviously, financially, we probably couldn't keep racing, and John was like, "No, nah, we're going to keep you going." And mm. so they helped me with engines, everything like that. I ended up working with Cole um, for a little bit as well. Um, mm. And so basically, yeah, we were, our Percy, he was he had these he was had a close association with Cart One Racing, um, yeah. which is where Josh Craig, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, his dad Tim Craig, obviously ran that. And yeah. um, good old Top Cart days, yeah, good old Top Cart <laughs> days, Cart One. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was very interesting. We. Um, Oh yeah, working with Cole is is something else. Um, you build a very very good relationship. Well, you can go one of two ways. You can either build a very good relationship, or he just doesn't want to know about you. Yeah. For, fortunately for me, it was a very good relationship. Um, and yeah, I used to see him all the time. Even when I stopped karting, I used to go and see him all the time. And and before he passed away, it was he unfortunately had to go into a nursing home and everything. And I was up there seeing him um, quite often as well. So yeah, it's um yeah it's 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 always sad part of life, I guess. But sad seeing someone 
with, with that much knowledge get to that point. He's um yeah, he's a guru guru when it comes to karting. He's mm. he always always had his his book of stories. I don't know if you've if you no, ever got I it, heard but him, no. basically he had he had this book and I don't know if anyone listening probably probably would have seen it if they know him, but yeah. it was basically a book with photos in it and he had a story for every single photo. Um, yeah, right. And literally brought out every time somebody came over. So I've, because I was there every day, yeah. I probably heard the same story about 50 times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it was good. It was good. And yeah. he's, um, yeah, he's, he's very, um, he actually helped me a lot in rate, in terms of my racing, like actual driving as well, because he was very straight to the point. He was, mm. um, he'd let you know if you're doing, doing a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he, he taught me a lot and he's, yeah, just amazing how much, how much knowledge he had. Yeah. And, and to be able to learn from that was was amazing for me. And to the, the things that I still, some things I still use now, like basically his attention to detail is second to none. He's mm. just every tiny little bit needs to be needs to be looked at. And and so that stuff that I even use now, not mm. only in racing but in everyday life as well, is the attention to details. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, he's got yeah, like I said, interesting character, but learnt learnt a lot from him, um, yeah. which is good. He um. I remember actually one story just popped in my head now. He, um, ever, it's not just one story, but basically all the time we had lunch, we'd yeah. go out and get sandwiches or something like that. And yeah. for whatever reason, did not like cucumber. And I remember one time me and Josh Craig went down. And, I was going to ask you this. It's good. Yeah. So, um, Josh actually went and did the lunch orders and I was just, I was just there with him and, um, he comes back and there was cucumber on the sandwich and, <laughs> Kirsty opens it up, sees a cucumber and basically throws it at Josh. Goes, What's this shit? And then, and then yeah, goes goes for that. So it was um yeah, that happened a few times. If you if you ever yeah. if you ever had a cucumber in your sandwich, you didn't <laughs> didn't want to know about it. So um Did yeah. you prank him every now and then or was it just the one off? Nah, you wouldn't prank Kirsty because he'd let you know about it. Feed is one guy because it is very simple. So if anything like that happened, he'd remember it for a week or two. So yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. one of those things where like it's would be funny to prank him, but then you'd hear about it for the next two weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he'd tell you to fuck off. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. So um, yeah, so no, it was, it was good fun though. So yeah. Yeah. did he did he tell you about as you said about the book? Did he talk, did he talk about him and John racing back in the day, comparing like the ages of like the, the yeah, so generation of kart racing? Yeah, so basically the photos in his book, he had photos of his twin. So he used to race twins. He was he was a very good racer himself. Yeah. Um. So he he won nationals and all the rest of it in twins. Um. And he was racing against some of the best in the country, like your John Pizarro's or the rest mm. of it. Um, so yeah, he's got stories of that. He's got stories of obviously drivers that he's supported through the time, like your Troy Hunts, mm. um, McFadden's, Lindbaum, all yeah. those. So, um, yeah, so it's interesting hearing stories about all those guys as well. Um, mm. and just, yeah, the, the things that he used to do, like he, he even had, and he always said he'd take him to, gra- to his grave, which he, he almost did, but he, mm. um, he still had him at home, but, yeah. um, basically he used to have these engines from back in the days when hunt was racing and mm. he just never wanted to sell them he's just like no nah, i don't care how much you can get from them they're just staying with me all the rest yeah of it. So, right <laughs> uh, and he had this one particular carby which it's uh it was just a masterpiece like even yeah. carburetors these days don't look anything like this and it was yeah. something that he pretty much made himself so yeah right he, wow. um basically when so they had international events that used to come over here yeah. and um, there was one race where Hunt would literally, it was at Eastern Creek and just mm. a long, long straight and Hunt would literally pull out the corner, pass him, and pull in front of him. And he had guys offering him jobs over in Europe and wow. offering to buy these carburetors and all the rest of it. Just didn't want to know about it. He yeah. was just like, no, nah, don't want any of that. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. So yeah. Do you remember um, your first racing experience though? You said that your uncle and your dad were used to race. Do you remember like turning up the track as a kid at some point and 
supporting your uncle, so to speak? Or? Yeah, so I'd say, so my dad, I remember going with my dad, mm. um, mostly at Iron Park. Um, I don't remember it in details. I, I, it's weird. I actually don't remember much before my heart surgery, so I don't know what they did to me in there. But yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. They revived you like yeah, a... Yeah, exactly. So... Um, <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I do remember going out and being at the track with dad and my uncle and they were always racing together they were in different classes. But, um, yep. yeah, I remember going up to Orange one year when they had nationals up there as well, I think. Um, it was some big event. Mm. And, um, yeah, dad was racing in, racing in Risa. Yeah. Um, some, some things I do remember from Risa days is um, some of the guys I used to race against as well. So I'd always be on the grid with dad and, yeah. like, Justin Rugiers and those sorts yeah, of guys. Right. They were racing with him at the time. And, um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I so didn't we know actually, that. Yeah, so we actually talk about it now. Obviously, Justin was a lot younger than my dad but yeah. at the time. But, um, yeah, we, like, I catch up with Justin a lot now. And, yeah, yeah. we still have stories of when he was, when they were racing Risa back in the day. So, um, yeah. yeah, so, no, it was, it was cool. Like, dad, he was, um, yeah, he raced against a few some few top guys in in those sorts of classes. So, yeah. yeah. Did, did you look up to anyone when you were racing carts as like the, like a driver that you wanted to beat or someone that you idolised? So, um, like for me, as you knew, because I was your teammate at yeah. some point, I idolised Christian Limbaum and yeah, all yeah. those guys and Hunt and stuff. Do you remember idolising a certain driver that you wanted to be like at all? Um, I didn't necessarily idolise anyone, but at the time when I started going through karting, like your Dave Sarahs and that were just dominating. Mm. So, for me, it was sort of seeing those guys like obviously Troy Hunt as well. Like he was probably he was in it way before I was starting, but mm. seeing guys like that and hearing obviously being around Hurst and hearing stories about it, you always knew that well sort of that's that's where you need to be at if you want to be if you want to be the best. So yeah. Um so yeah, so it was more sort of seeing what what those type of what those type of drivers were doing. And um yeah, like I said, Dave Sarah at the time was just dominating. So mm. um yeah, so sort of seeing what he was doing at the time was sort of like, yeah, I want to get to that point where um yeah, one nationals in I think it was twenty that Newcastle twenty fourteen yeah. or something like that. What um, class? We were I was actually racing club and heavy, so Yamaha, yeah, yeah, yeah. heavy and um, X thirty light. Yeah. So both of them though, Dave was in the same class. So, yeah, okay. Um, so we were actually the only ones to beat him in over the weekend. That was I think that was his record setting title. It was his eighteenth or whatever it was yeah. at the time. He's won that many, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So we actually won the first race, the first heat race of X thirty light. It was my first race in X thirty. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, we rocked up in the Art Grand Prix car at the time with um Devash yeah. and another mate of mine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we yeah we had a good good crack at it. We won the first heat, got taken out in the second heat, um, and then we're kind of crawling our way back through the weekend, just missed out in the final. Dave ended up winning it. But um yeah. yeah, it was a good experience to be able to race against him in obviously the peak of his karting really? career and yeah. to be able to mix it with him and, and have a shot at it was was pretty cool too. So. Yeah. Can you explain to me a bit of like the, the Duvishin art deal? So how that had that come about? Because art was essentially they're an open wheel team in Europe. Yeah. How did that all happen to him bringing them over here and you helping distribute them, so to speak? Yeah, so basically Tavashin raced so he's had quite a Quite a good career himself in open wheels. Um, yeah. Obviously now he's racing in, in Porsche Carrera Cup. Mm. Um, but yeah, he he raced overseas in Formula 3, Formula BMW, mm. um, and was racing at quite a high level. So he made a lot of connections overseas during his time. And um, yeah, basically when he came back, he's gotten into the Porsche racing again, but he kind of wanted to move more into running a kart team as well. So yeah. um, I'd been mates with him um, from karting days going back. And so we'd been in touch and... He um yeah asked if I wanted to firstly test the cart and then mm. we tested it and then he just asked me if I wanted to race it for him as well so mm. we um 
yeah, we, we went through probably three months of testing before our first race, which ended up being um, a CRK event in Tag Tag Light at yep. Eastern Creek. Um, and we, we, when we were testing, there was no other tag carts around. Mm. We, I'd never raced tag before, so we didn't know what times we were meant to be doing or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we came into the event really at the unknown. It was probably the fourth round, I think, of the series. So mm. everyone else had been racing all year in it and all the rest of it. And, yeah, we rock up and we ended up polling it by three or four tenths and won every single race of the weekend and won the state title. So, yeah, right. It was, um, was Dervishan your mechanic engineer then? Or was yeah. Or dad? Yeah, no, nah, so Deva- so Dad was there too, but yeah. Devarshan was, um, yeah, he was doing all the main stuff, especially when we started then travelling around yeah. um, and, and running the team as well because he was sort of obviously team manager at the time and built it up to quite quite a good little team. Um, yeah. So we had got a few KZ drivers in there. Mm. Um, he was. Do you remember any of the main ones that you had, like the main drivers? Um, so at the time was when Tom Williamson was starting out. So yeah. we actually had um, Joseph Burton-Harris, Johnny Grother. Yep. Um, I think a couple of other of his main drivers as well. So we probably had a team of probably seven or eight of us yeah. Um, at the time. Um, it was sort of at the time when part, uh, karting was starting to change into what it is now. Karting, yeah, the doing era kind of started to start to change over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So karting now, from what I've seen, is very team-oriented. You just have a bunch of kart teams. and Yeah, like Europe. It's Pretty much, Europe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whereas before, before that, it was more you'd get your – Get you like yeah. myself and my dad would rock up and we'd go racing. Yeah, um, just so, turn up with an old trailer. And yeah, yeah. It. So it do you is, remember Fergus Simon used to turn up with a horse trailer? I do. <laughs> way back in the day. <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah do you the, keep in contact with any of the old North Shore Cart Club boys? Um, or a or couple really. of them, a couple of them that I was mates with before they even joined. So, um, yeah. Like I think you raced against Mitch Hudson, David Kerma, yeah. and those boys. So, yeah. um, obviously Devarshan as well. Um, yeah. Other than that, not not a whole heap. Like, there's a few that are you see at the racetrack with um mm. at the supercar events and stuff now. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's not a whole heap that that I talk with anymore. So, yeah. Dave um, Dave Kerman didn't he build his own go kart and start his own engineering he did, career? He did. So he's actually um racing in the Australian Off Road Rally Championship now with Walkinshaw. So yeah, right. He's an engineer down at Walkinshaw, and so they've got Warren Luff running in their main production mm. thing there, and then they've got um. Fermon, he's building. He built his own car and everything, and out of a um, out of a Chevy. And yeah, they're now he's now racing in that with um with yeah. Luffy. So I think they're doing Fink in a few months' time or whenever that is this year. So yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see see how that goes yeah. for him. Um, he he he's like you though. He didn't come from much of a budget either. Nah, nah. So he he's been trying to since he stopped karting. He was trying to get into all sorts of car racing, but never could budget wise. Mm. Um, and then yeah, like I said, he's been working with Walkinshaw for. For a few years now, so mm. this kind of he's been working on it for a little bit, and it's finally come come up for him. And yeah, yeah like for him, a great experience. Like to be able to team up with with Luffy as well is anytime you can do that, you're going to learn a lot. So yeah. it's um yeah, it's good good for him. So it's did good. Did he to see work? That. Did he work with um GM before or Chevrolet and then moved to Wilkinshaw? How did that um, happen? To be honest, I don't. I think he just started with Wilkinshaw. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's just been with Wilkinshaw. So yeah, yeah, just went down there as an engineer and sort of yeah, been going ever since. Yeah. So do you have any, do you like, do you fave, did you, when you were a kid, you were talking about like, you know, your open heart surgery and stuff like that. Outside yeah. of carts, did you do any other sports, like any, just any other school sports or did yeah. you like football or anything like that? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I played soccer or football yeah. um, a fair bit. So um, I actually got to a point when I was, I think it was 12 or 13, where my parents told me you know, to decide whether you want to do car, car racing or or, yeah. or soccer because um, 
yeah, we got to a point where we we're doing quite good in, in soccer as well. And I got offered to go to the state state comps and all the rest of it. So yeah, right. in representative football. So what was the what was the club? Uh Marconi. Marconi. Yeah, yeah, right. So um so I'm yeah. all about the details on this podcast. That's it. I like it. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Marconi was one of the at the time they were one of the big one of the big um, representative football clubs at the time. So Yeah, they were in the National Soccer League or something yeah, like, before correct. the A-League. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so we were, yeah, so I got asked to, basically my team that I was with, there was scouts and everything and probably, I reckon probably 60% of us all got asked to mm. go and try out. Then I tried out and they asked me to come join them and then my parents were like, this is going to be way too much. You need to decide whether you want to do racing or, or football. So yeah. um, probably to their um I don't know, dislike because of the expenses in it. I chose racing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, nah, it was it was good. They loved it. So dad, like you said, dad, mm. whole family's been involved in racing the whole time. So yeah, um, yeah. So I think for them it was it was a good choice as well. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about your family? You've got a Gazzy, your sister. She's sister or cousin? Uh, cousin. Cousin. Yeah. There you go. So Martin. Yeah. Martin's. Martin's your dad. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've and got the rest. Yeah. So I got my dad, Martin, yeah. my uncle, Anthony. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Jasmine's my cousin. So she yeah. used to race as well. Um, yeah. Actually, my whole family's pretty much racing. So my sister raced for a little bit. Yeah. Um, not heaps. She kind of wasn't as passionate, I think, about it. She did. She did all right. Mm. Um, but yeah, her her and Jasmine used to go out and just run around on practice days together as well. And then Jasmine raced raced for a fair bit as well. Same as my other cousin, Richard. Yep. Um, so they used to swap. They used to have the same cart and just swap it every now and then. Mm. Richard's um, actually a chef, isn't he? He is. He's yeah. a very, very good chef, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> he's um he's opened up quite a few restaurants and been around and been yeah. poached by a few people. So. Well, world-renowned is Burgerhead. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he helped start that. But he's, why did he Why did he leave that? Uh, oh, there was, yeah, there was just, a lot of lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes yeah, that sort okay. of forced him out. And now he's actually back into it again. So, is he? Yeah. Yeah, so. okay. They um they went through a bit where basically they thought they didn't need him and mm. then sort of pushed him to the side and then yeah. they went downhill quite quickly and then went oh hang on a minute we need you <laughs> so, um, so yeah so he's back helping them boys out again but um yeah he's very very good chef yeah. um but yeah it's um yeah we grew up racing as a family like I remember when we were racing um Jasmine and my uncle they lived on in Erskine Park and there was this road that we used to drive past to get to Oran Park all the time and yeah. they'd be coming out with us so they'd literally jump over their fence. We'd pull up on the main road, they'd hop in the car and then off we'd take again. So, really? So you, um, did you guys all have your carts together in the one area? Like um, as a family or not? Yeah, pretty much because Dad used to do a lot of the maintenance stuff on it. Um, mm. So at the very beginning, he'd um, yeah he'd do all the all the maintenance and then obviously Anthony, Michael Anthony, he'd do mm. um, Jasmine's side of it as well. But there was like some events, like when my sister was racing, where I'd been midgets, she'd been rookies, mm. and we literally at the time it was in the J motor, so um, we'd literally take the restrictor out, put the bigger restrictor in for her, and then she'd go race, and then we'd just swap carts all the time. So yeah, it was right. uh, it was pretty full on at the time because we only had the one cart, and we were both wanting to race, so that mm. that made it work, and yeah, it went yeah. went well. There's one race actually where um, we actually were doing that, and we both ended up coming on the podium. So I won midgets, and she got third in rookies. So. Mm. It was um yeah, yeah right. so did you 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 guys started together really did you and Jazzy you, yeah it? pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. so I think sh- they probably started a little bit after my sister and I but mm. um yeah we we're pretty much always always there together so. yeah how how did um how did the whole eighty six thing come about so like you obviously did the Utes but yeah how did um the deal actually no you know what we'll actually go back to we'll actually go back to what you talked about the original utes before the utes that you're racing because the 86s are in between all that yeah yeah um so how was it like transitioning from the as the go-kart as you said to the big ute but not having any like did you do any state racing or anything 
Nah, we nah. went got thrown straight into the deep end. So yeah, okay. It's um, it's one I've actually haven't done as much racing as what I think people think I've done. So yeah, I actually started like I said in the V8 Ute. So I did a race in 2014 at Darwin. Yeah. Um, then that was with Andrew Fisher. He helped me out a lot. Like I said, I was working with him, and mm. he basically said, "Look, if you do all this other stuff, then I'll give you a shot. You can have a you can have a race." And he paid for it and everything. So yeah, right. Um, so yeah. A lot of a lot of what I've done is big thanks to Andrew. So yeah, he's um he's been a great help. And um so yeah, so I did that Darwin one. Then the following year, um Fisher was doing TCM as well as Utes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we got to the Bathurst event, and everything was pretty full on. And he realised we he couldn't do both of them at the same time. So yeah, he's like, well, kind of double duty. Yeah. So he's like, well, do you want to race the Ute? And yeah. I thought, well, I'm not going to say no to that. So yeah. I had to get a little bit of sponsorship together, and we we managed to get that. And then um yeah, we we got on the grid in the Jesus Ute at Bathurst. Mm. Um, got rookie of the round, rookie of the round for that one. Um, yeah. And I think we were 11th or 10th overall. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that was another great one. Then from that, I then moved, I was still working with him, but not as much. I was starting to go into property stuff. Yeah. Um, but then Cedars, so Luke, because Cedars were running Fish, Fish's car before that, mm. he asked me if I wanted to race with them at Bathurst um, yeah. the following year. So, um so yeah so then i managed to get the sponsorship together for that for that one-off event yeah um and then yeah we end up doing very well in that so that was in 2016 yeah um ended up finishing third in the second race mm-hmm. um which is my first podium in in a ute race and it was my only only my third ever race um yeah i was at bathurst as well so that was pretty cool yeah um and then we ended up finishing i think seventh for the round um and this was back when like i said they had 30 odd cars in it and yeah like i was racing it's guys who had been in it for ages like i know in the second race i held off um nathan pretty royal mm. harris um kim jane a few of these big names that were just massive yeah. in the utes and so um did you race at homebush at all i did a practice session there so basically okay. that same year yeah. um one of the guys, I think it was Matty Nolan, couldn't turn up. But yep. part of the Ute series is if you enter for a whole year, you have to. Yeah, Jack Elsgood actually said that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah you so, had to actually um, race the car because of the license. Yeah, so basically, they did a little bit of a shifty. I, they tried to. They said if I could come with the budget, I couldn't get come with the budget because of such short notice. Mm. Um, but then Luke was like, "Well, we need to run the car. So do you want to just come and do practice for us?" So, yeah. Um, so yeah, when did the practice session and then. Just, yeah, we just wiped our hands and said, yeah, we had a mechanical drama, can't race for the rest of the weekend. So <laughs> yeah, right. um, it was kind of annoying because I was, I think I ended up 10th or 11th in um in that session. So yeah. I was, um, we, were you was, on the scoreboard as Nolan or Borg? No, I was still as myself. So, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame because it was like, well, that was my first time ever at the track and we we're kind of there. And yeah. so, yeah, but it was still cool to get experience around that track. But um, yeah, basically from that, Luke Cedars saw, mm. um, Obviously, I've seen something, something in me and asked me then the following year if I wanted to race for them in um, in the 86 series. So, yeah, okay. So I did 2017 with them. We um, started out okay, although started okay and we're going for the podium in the last race and I had a bit of a bingle with um, mm. with Benny Grice and um, yeah. ended up on the side and caused a massive pile-up and we got penalised and he got penalised and, yeah, it was just basically a big mess. And Do you so, remember the car that? Do you remember the car that you drove? Who who owned it before or anything like that? Um, the '86 was actually one of Luke's ones, so it's yeah, actually okay. going forward, I guess, a bit. It was actually the car that I ended up winning the championship in in 2019. Yeah, so, okay. So you raced it from 2017 to 19, the '86. Um, no, so I actually had 20. So I raced it for all 2017 season. Yep. Um, then we had 2018 off. Yep. Um, so basically, I was getting a house, getting married, all the all mm. the all the normal. I was going to outside of racing stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So we, oh yeah, I'd, I'd take the year off in 2018 just to get all that sorted, and then um, yeah, miss miss the racing a little bit too much. So it's worked hard to get the um, get all the sponsorship together. I was also 2018 was helping set up the property business at the same time as well. So yeah, there was a lot happening. I guess away from racing, which sort of mm-hmm. took it, but then realized how much how much I missed racing and how much I needed to be around it. So <laughs> yeah, we made it. Made just made the budget come together and. To be honest, we didn't quite have all the budget together, but Luke, um, Luke was like, "Mate, we'll just we'll make it work." And based out a deal where in so in eighty sixes, there's prize money. Mm. Um, one of the very few, it's one of the very few um, mm. categories in the country that actually have decent prize money. So yeah, right. There's actually fifty How grand. Fifty you, grand. Yeah. So if you win it, it's fifty grand. I think there's hundred and twenty all up. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time there was, I'm not sure what it is now, but mm. at the time it was yeah, hundred hundred twenty all up, and basically we. Whoever's going to be the only um, series essentially giving away money, yeah. You'd say in, in exactly motorsport right. Australia at the moment, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, Toyota's great. Like they get right behind their grassroots sports and everything. So it's um yeah, it, it helped me a lot because yeah, like I said, my deal with um with Luke was well, whatever the budget shortfall was, if mm. we won any prize money, that would go directly to the team. So yeah, um yeah, fortunately we we had a great year. It didn't start great. We qualified, I think. 16th in Phillip Island. Yeah. Um, but then we had a really good first race, came from 16th to 4th, um, and that kind of set the year up. So Townsville was the second round. We didn't quite have have a good round there as well, um, mm. but I still left it. I think I was fourth in the championship. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we basically did a big, big re, restructure and everything after that. So we had eight weeks, and we basically had what we called an eight-week challenge where basically we did a lot of, with all the Cedars team, we did a lot of fitness training. We did a lot of so that was with Lee um, mm. from Reaction Performance. Yeah. Um. We then did a lot of skid pan stuff and driver training with James from Driving Solutions. Yeah. Um, and you're still connected to him to these to this day. Yeah. Correct. So yeah, I actually okay. do still do a lot of stuff like before every round I go out on the skid pan and he helps me out and yeah. It's just going back to the basics and that and it's not like we were doing anything special but it was just mm. what what one thing and one thing I learned from that experience is that you look at every other sport and even your top guys have trainers. Like yeah. your Roger Federer's, your Tiger Woods, all the yeah. all the top football guys, players as football well. players, they've yeah. all got coaches. Yeah. And so it, it just clicked with me then that will kind of make sense to have someone who knows what they're doing, who can help you with all the basics. And that and that's all it is, all about going back to the fundamentals. And so yeah. that helped us a lot. We after that break came back, Bathurst was the next round. We pulled it at Bathurst by What year was this? This was twenty nineteen. So the year yeah. that we won okay. it. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so that was pretty much our turning point in the season and mm. we ended up, yeah, cleaning up at Bathurst. We won two of the three races and were second in the other race. Mm. Um, we then clean swept, um, sand down and then we came into the last round just in front of points and then, mm. um, scraped through. There was a little bit of a incident at the start of one mm. of the first race and yeah. we um, just got through it and ended Who up. Who was your main opponents that, that year though? Who um, so the main ones were Timmy Brook and Luke yep. King. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've had King in here, not Brooke. Yeah, okay. I've had requests for Brooke. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was actually Timmy who he he actually, him and King were going up the hill at Newcastle mm. side by side and Timmy just missed his breaking point and put it into the wall. Yeah, and, um, right. And that was pretty much championship decided. So mm. we were able to just, I guess, kind of cruise around for the rest of the weekend and yeah. finish second in that one. And then the others, I think I was fifth or sixth and um, yeah, ended up winning it. So it was, yeah, yeah. so that kind of set me up for moving forward. We were then... The plan was to then move into Super 3 or Super 2 the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a few offers and got a couple of test, test rides in Super 2 and Super 3 teams. Yeah. Um, 
Did COVID. It, the teams beat, was it Brad Jones or was it other? Um, nah, so it was other teams at the time. So I actually had Anderson Motorsport, gave yeah. me a quick drive in their car um, at one of the ride days that we were doing at yeah. Eastern Creek. Um, and he was pushing hard to get me in his car and we are trying, trying very hard and got very close. And then mm. fortunately COVID hit and kind of um, yeah. put, put a backwards step on all of that. So yeah. then when everything, I guess, opened back up, we um, there was a one-off 86 race that we did mm. um, with Luke. Then 2021, um, the plan was again to move into super into super three, but basically was super two at the time. My main sponsor through COVID had basically gone gone bust, not bust completely, yeah. but they weren't doing great, so we couldn't put in throwing any money yeah. for for the racing. Um, so yeah, so Luke said, well, why don't we just why don't we put together a program in in the Bat Subutes? And yeah. um, I was like, well, yeah, it gets gets me racing at least. Um, <laughs> Got so, yeah. past experience in it. Yeah, exactly, and. Um, I was never, to be honest, I was never really interested in the Supiutes when they were diesels. Yeah, um, okay. Just didn't really interest yeah. me much at all, yeah. to be honest. Don't blame me. <laughs> um, and, uh, but since they put the LS3 V8 in them, they're just yeah. next level. They're, they're really cool cars. So I helped them a lot. Um, basically, that was the first year that we that they ran the, the V8s. And so I helped a lot through some of the development stuff and yeah. and all the rest of it and playing with throttle mappings and just mm. to make They're them. a H pattern gearbox, aren't they? They are. Yeah. yeah okay. So Has there been real... talks to change it to like a sequential or anything? Or is nah, because just... I think that's part of why they're so good is they're just real old school racing. Yeah. So got small tires, lots of weight, lots of power. Yeah. They got over 500, 500 horsepower in the thing. So yeah. it's, um yeah, it's quite a lot for you. And yeah, um, yeah so no, they're, they're great fun. So they're, they're as, as weird as it sounds, they're similar technique to driving a supercar. Yeah, um, okay. So they're for different reasons, obviously. But mm. in terms of the way you're carrying the brake into the corner, the way you're getting on the throttle, it's very, very similar. So yeah. for me, it was like a no-brainer to do it because it kind of gets you ready for the supercars. And so... Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so 2021, we obviously started that Then the next COVID mm. thing hit. And so we had yeah. another long break and, um, but then that was kind of blessing in disguise because we came back and had two rounds at Eastern Creek, which we polled both of them by over six tenths, which was big, big margins. And that kind of opened up the eyes to some, some supercar teams. Um, yeah. so actually I had, Luke was talking with Brad at the time and he was asking a few questions about what I'm doing and kind of got the conversation rolling from that. And, um, yeah, from there we actually got offered a test drive with them at the end of 2021. Yeah. Um, we just missed out on winning the 21 Ute title, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it came came right down to the last you round. You and Roll Harris. Yeah, so <laughs> basically we just needed it to finish, and yeah. Roll knew that and made sure it didn't happen. Um, but <laughs> you get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, he likes um, ru- he's Robin's racing for him. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, it's it's unfortunate, but hey, yeah, things, things happen. So. It's yeah. um, but yeah, like I said, it was it was it was good for us because we we had a supercar test with um, Brad Jones went went very well, probably better than what I'd expected to be honest. Mm. Um, and yeah, we we're very close to their um to their lead driver at the time in terms of times and everything. And Brad was very impressed and yeah, basically offered me a drive for this year in Super Two. Mm. Um, didn't unfortunately couldn't get the budget sorted in time. Um, but uh, yeah. It's on the cards for for doing two rounds later this year. So yeah, we're um yeah very very close to getting that all sorted and then moving into a full full season probably with them next year. So yeah, okay. And you, you you're gonna build up your way to do more super super two supercar stuff. Yeah, I guess yeah. So the so this year the plan we weren't planning on doing super utes. Um, yeah. but when we couldn't get the budget sorted for super two, Luke's like, well, let's get you back in in the super ute. Um, yeah. we'll put you in a Holden. So they were building yeah. a Holden up at the time and. 
because the Super 2 stuff's going to be in a Holden, it was yeah. kind of made sense. Yeah. Um, for a few sponsors that I've got coming on board, they kind of just wanted to be in a Holden, so it made a good synergy there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, basically where the plan is to do two rounds, so Bathurst and probably Adelaide later this year. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, use that as a stepping stone to then go into... Are you going to run number 14? Because if you... Or are you going to run number four? Uh, I don't know yet. You don't Whatever's know? there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so. And so how you got to explain to me um, a bit about like your, your property business and obviously your wife now. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I haven't, I haven't heard about this for a yeah. long time. So <laughs> can you actually explain like how you met your wife? Um, so it's through a friend of mine, um, actually someone you know, um, Noel. So yeah. Okay. He's, um, yeah, he was big in all your club yeah, days and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Oh, so, so I actually stuff. went to school with him and she worked with him and so, yeah, so we yeah. Met, met like that. So. Yeah. So and then yeah, like I said, been been married now since twenty eighteen. So yeah, it's um yeah, and then the property property side of it, um that sort of started. I've been doing property like I studied property at um mm. university, so property investment and development. Yeah. Um. What so, uni did you go to? Uh, Western Sydney. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so started with one company. Um. 2017 i think it was yeah um and then that kind of progressed into um guy who i met who we then started maven property with yeah um so he started up and then sort of my deal with him was if you help me build it up to a certain level i'll give you equity in it and you can become a and partner that's Ma maven yes yeah, so that's yeah, maven okay. on the shirt so yeah right so um, that, bit that, of self-promotion yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah so we've been running since 2018 and yeah been been going very well so yeah, it's um it's been a good time for property as well, which which always helps. But um yeah yeah, so it's, it's good good to have I guess that um something a little bit different away from racing as well um, yep. that, that you that I'm passionate about that you can sort of do do there as well. But it's um yeah, it gets busy at times when when you're away racing and mm. and having to do everything else at the same time. But it's um yeah, it's good 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 to have that that I guess that work life balance as well. Yeah, you're a bit into um, cycling as well, aren't you? Like you like your cycling. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, been doing a fair bit of cycling. It actually tied back into um, going back to my heart surgery and everything when I was when I was a kid. Um, going in and out of hospital, Starlight Foundation at the time we had a big thing in, and they still do at the Children's Hospital. They got the Starlight Room, mm. um, which is basically they've got this room with at the time. Just show my age, but it was all mm. Nintendo 64s and everything at the time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We had Mario Kart, and to be honest, that's like I think I mentioned earlier. I don't remember much prior mm. to my operation, but that was yeah. one of the things I actually remember the most, and um, that's kind of stuck with me through everything. And I've been wanting to get to a point where I can, I guess, give back to 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 them because they've helped me so much through it. And mm. um, and I was always growing, going through my racing. I was never really open about my heart surgery and everything because yeah. I didn't want many people to know about it. And I've now realized that there's a lot of people who actually um, are inspired, I guess, in a way by it because they're going like young kids or their kids are going mm. through something similar and they see what I'm doing and go, well, well, if you've had open heart surgery and you're now racing at 300 Ks an hour at some tracks and, yeah. um, and you can do that, then it shows that, well, you can really do anything if you're going through, through that yeah. sort of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so the cycling sort kind of tied into starlight um because they do two to kids yep. um yeah, every september mm -hmm. and so yeah so last year i um kind of kick-started my relationship with starlight with setting up all yeah. all of that side of things and yeah we raised raised quite a lot of money for them which was great and we're um now looking to take that to the next step and i'm actually going to be i'm in the process of helping them set up a car cruise and track day yeah, for starlight right. as well so um 
Yeah, so that's, it's very early in, in the works at the moment, but we're looking Are you going to have other drivers and stuff involved in that? Or Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're looking to do it. So it's just basically a big car cruise. Mm. Um, so basically getting it out there to, to everyone who owns your nice hotted up cars or even you're not so hotted up cars. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah. But basically going on a cruise, um, we haven't exactly got the finer details yet, but we'll be going for a cruise starting in d- destination, going through some cool roads and then finishing up at the racetrack. Yep. Um, and then doing kind of a half a track day. Um, or a track night um, out at Eastern Creek there. So, yeah, okay. it's, um, yeah it's, it's something that I'm very, very passionate about and helping to raise money for them um, and everything. It's actually Starlight Day today, funny enough. But, um, yeah, right. Wow. But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's something that, that I, I love getting behind and, and really helping to make sure that they're getting everything that they can because some of the things they do is, is just quite amazing. So, yeah, we're, um, yeah doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with, with wishes and everything for kids as well. I was, I was pushing to try and get wishes where they can hop in the race car and go for a passenger ride, but yeah. they weren't too keen on that for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it's one of those things where we're yeah, doing what we can and having the car out there on display for kids and everything to have a look at and, and that as well. So So where did the where did the number four come from? Like where do you where do you think of your race number back then? Um so I actually started with number forty six. Yep. Um because that was my dad's number. Okay. Um then my first state title that I did was where was that at? I think it was in Grenfell. Yep. Um, and someone else had number 46 and yep. they gave me 41. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and that, then I went well at that state championship. So I'm like, oh, I'll just stick with 41. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, basically from there, I've just always had a four in my number. Yeah. Um, similar to me. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> well, 41, then I think someone else took 41. Yeah. Um, so it ended up being probably 14. Probably well, there was, probably <laughs> yourself, at a, at a North Shore event or something. Yeah, it was definitely me then. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, so yeah, so then we swapped to 14, so I'm like two yeah, or four. Okay. And then, um, yeah, then when I went into cars, I think someone else, when I was in Utes, already had 14. Yeah, okay. Um, it wasn't even Utes, no, sorry. When I was in Utes, I was using other people's numbers, so mm. it would have been 86s. Someone had yeah. 14, so then I ended up with four, and I'm like, well, I've always had a four in my number, so it's sort of stuck ever since. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you, you got to explain to me a bit of um on your Facebook you posted about the 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 Chamber of Commerce, the Australian Maltese thing. How did that all Yeah, happen? yeah. So, so what's um, that all about? But like so, you wouldn't know what yeah. it's about. So basically my my heritage is, is Maltese. Org's mm. probably one of the biggest names like Smith um in Malta. It's it's a quite a big name over there. And um yeah, basically I met a guy called Sydney Borg. He um used to run all the Hooters Australia stores um yeah. in Australia and um he was sponsoring Dave at the time in 86s when I was racing Utes um, in 2016 mm. out at Bathurst. And um, he saw the surname on the car and he's like, wow, that's cool because he's a Borg as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so we kind of hit it off and have been talking back and forward since then. And he, in 2019, he, he was trying to get me out to it. Um, mm. We went to one of one of their events and then 2020, we we're going to start doing a lot more, but obviously COVID hit and they didn't have any events on. So yeah, um, so, yeah so it's basically been probably two three years in the works but i um basically yeah got invited out there um probably a month ago now and mm. yeah basically they're they're a chamber that's set up to i guess help um maltese business owners to mm. connect together kind of like a networking um type thing but then also what it allows them to do is some of these businesses actually have direct connections with malta yeah um, okay. so it actually provides them that direct connection and and makes things easier when it comes to doing business between Australia and Malta as well. So yeah, right. does that help your property business and your racing or is, um, is there any direction that it helps it with? Or yeah. Not? So in terms of it's a lot getting out there, but it's also some of the guys in there are actually very, very keen to get involved in racing. So yep. they're, um, yeah, we're working on a few, few deals with some of the guys there and also 
on a grander thing, grander scheme, we're trying to get um, it's progressing quite well. We're trying to get multi tourism on board in V8 Supercar as well. So yeah, okay. Um, so they sponsored teams like Manchester United and so big, big teams around the world. So yeah, we're, okay. um, yeah, we're working closely with with the connections here to make that happen. And mm. yeah, it's progressing progressing quite well, which is which is positive. So yeah. you yeah. got to tell me a bit about as you were saying off air about your crypto. How did that all? I don't even know how that works. So can you explain <laughs> to me how crypto works? Because I, yeah, yeah. I literally just know the bank and the, and and cash yeah, cash it. flow. <laughs> so I'd actually like to know a bit of it. Like, can you teach me and the audience like how crypto works and how you um, get into it? Oh, I forgot another five hours. I'd be able to. We've got a fair bit. Yeah, that's it, that's it. But um, yeah, basically that came about. So through the property business, my business partner, he's one of his mates. Where um, was heavily involved in crypto, and he he actually made a lot of money. So he started with. 10 grand and ended up 18 months later pulling out like 2.6 million or something. Wow. And so at the time, myself and John, my business partner, we were both very skeptical because he was telling about us probably halfway through in making yeah. that. He's like, oh, you need to look at this. And we were like, yeah, it's, it's probably not for us right now. And then he ends up showing us what he'd done. And the reason why he showed us is because he came to us and he said, oh, I want to buy a property. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And he's like, oh, looking on Gold Coast, whatever. He's like, oh, I'm just going to pay for it in cash. Yeah. And we were like, okay. And then, um, and so, yeah, we found a property for him. It was like 1.2 mil or something. And he's just literally gone, yeah, where do I transfer the money? And then we are like, okay. Wow. And then we start asking more questions. And then, um, yeah. yeah, it came out that he went through all this stuff with crypto. So, wow. um, yeah, so basically it's, it's, there's a lot to it. But basically a lot of what he does is in sort of pre-sale stuff. So mm. he doesn't go into your big coins or anything like that. He just goes into your smaller coins that are just starting out and gets yeah. into them nice and early. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, it makes money that way. But it's helped me because I've now created a lot of, I've got a lot of knowledge in it and I've now created a lot of connections in the crypto space. So mm. um, one of my big sponsors that are coming on for the supercars later this year, they're actually a crypto company. Yeah. Um, right. So they're, um, they're called Feline Friends. Basically yep. they're, um, they're a crypto company that's also got real world use. Yeah. Um, and they're basically setting up a crypto that's basically helping to create funds and whatnot to then help stranded cats and, Stray cats, and then they're also going to tie that in with a cafe that's going to be designed around bringing your pets into the cafe and everything as well. Yeah, so, cool. Where's the um, cafe going to be based? You know? Um, the first one's going to be in Sydney. Yep. Um, and then yeah, they're planning to do the other ones down in Melbourne as well at, at the start, and then seeing where it goes, yeah. seeing where it goes from there. So yeah. um, I've noticed, like, obviously we've got a bit off topic here, but crypto is all over Formula One now. So essentially, yeah. you would be, I think, you might be the first person in supercars to bring a crypto sponsor on. Yeah, so know, there's a couple there's a couple in supercars at the moment, but that's been series type sponsors. Yeah, um, okay. So where I'm actually talking with a couple of other um, crypto exchange companies as well to come on board as well. But um, mm. yeah, basically we've been because now I've created a few connections in it. We're trying to trying to build build that up, and it's it's getting obviously it's growing massively and it's becoming more widely accepted. So mm. where um yeah, I see a big opportunity there, and and something that sort of directly related to the motorsport fan base as well because um those demographics are, are linked very closely together so yeah how yeah. do you how do you actually transform like crypto to cash though like i don't understand that um I, i'm missing I'm the yeah missing yeah there. <laughs> so it's basically you use you use your exchanges so you deposit normal money into an exchange yeah then you invest that into whatever you want to invest it in yeah and then basically when you feel like it or when you've made your money or when you've lost your money whichever way it is yep. you then take you then the withdraw that into what they call a stable coin yeah um which is basically like a us dollar 
token, which just replicates US dollar. Yeah. Um, and then you can then pull that out in your own currency, in your Australian dollar or whatever it might be. Yeah, right. And, and you just get transferred straight into your bank account. So it's like the stock market in a way. In a way. Like, like a crop, yeah. crypto stock market. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Talking about your karting and your car days, what was your, first, what was your favorite like go-kart track as a kid? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> favorite go-kart track would probably be Rally. Yep. Which is up near Coffs Harbour. Yeah. So that was, I think it's a bit destroyed now, but that yeah, was... Um, a lot of drifting went on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that track was, it just had undulation. It was a big track. It was, yeah. um, had a corner that, the, my favourite corner was probably, it was kind of like, reminded me of Laguna Seca over in the States. And it was basically a fast entry. Then you'd go down this, yeah. down this hill and then sharp left-hander straight after it. So, um, yeah, it was a very, very fun track. Very, yeah. had a bit of everything really. So, What was your favourite go-kart? Um like class itself um probably club clubman pro yeah clubman light clubman pro that was when you had like clubman pro at say brian farley yeah memorial event at eastern creek they were probably the funnest races it's just always cutthroat um yep. i remember one clubman pro race which was a um v8 was called the v8 stars invitational and yeah okay um what was, year was this because oh, I, I i left in i left in 2010 in yeah Carney. this is probably you actually gave me my last go-kart go-kart race do you remember oh, that then i ended up not qualifying because it rained and <laughs> yeah. i was um, on fire then i forget what year it would have been 2011 or 12 yeah probably 11 or 12 but yeah. um basically it was on the wednesday night before the yeah, supercars up at um yeah right up at the main eastern creek track and it was an invitational one so it was free entry and there was i think five grand up for prize money for the winner was this the one when gallagher won Nah, no. so Tyler Greenbury came down from, so we had guys from Queensland, guys from Victoria, guys from everywhere coming. And so in the final, there was probably 10 of us that were all fighting for it. And mm. um, I think Greenbury ended up winning it. Chris Walton was second, I was third. Mm. And then, no, sorry, I think it might have been Heinrich was second and I was third. And then, mm. um, yeah, there was a few big names in there that got taken yeah. out and, and all the rest <laughs> of it. So, Do you remember was, much of like in, in your North Shore Kart Club kind of days though? Like, do you remember... Just the atmosphere or the, is there any like special moments that you remember as a, um, like friends, obviously, you know, for me, it was like, all right, I raced yeah. with Tim Dennis and Tim Dennis, I've always had a, a good friendship with him. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Do you remember like the, the atmosphere or any good moments? You know, yeah. The biggest throwing, thing for me. Throwing in the dirt or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing for me was the whole, I was very heavily involved with Cart One Racing. So for yeah. me, it was the whole um, team environment with Cart One and Helping different people, like helping yourself. And yeah. I remember Nathan Bond as well. I was helping him out a fair bit. And yeah. like I said, Mitch Hudson came on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then also for me was the the big events, I guess, that that we held there, like the Brian Farley Memorial, the V8 Stars event, mm. um, your CRK events, all those big, big events that used to come to the club meetings because it was it was kind of those weird feelings where it's like we're well, at a home track and you race people you normally race, but then you've got all these other people who are yeah. all coming in at the same time as well. So yeah. Yeah. So no, it was yeah, you got plenty of stories, I guess, from, yeah. from karting races and whatnot. <laughs> but it's um yeah, it was all, all always good fun. Yeah. What was your favorite kart chassis that was the art or the top kart? Or do you actually have like a weird like kart chassis that you just ideally remember because it was just the best thing that you'd driven? Um so for example, I I've told this in another podcast. Yeah. I had Carl Limbaum gave me Christian's old top cart Viper. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I qualified top five in Brian Farley yeah. with that cart. And I had a brand new cart sitting there, but I yeah, chose this yeah. cart because it was just, Carla just tuned the shit out just of it. Worked. So that was my favorite cart. Yeah, nice. Bought that for $800. Yeah. Is there anything <laughs> for you that remembers like that was a special cart for um, 
there wasn't so much a special car. Like I was very fortunate that with Top Card, I was helping develop their clubman specific chassis. So mm. they they actually created like obviously big Italian company. Don't mm. care much about Australia, but they actually created a, a chassis with Tim Craig. Yeah, right. Um, for clubman, and so I was heavily involved in that. So that, that was pretty cool to be involved with. The art cart was good because we won won a lot in it. Mm. Um, but probably there was a special cart similar to that. It was I don't know whose cart it was, but it was a um, John Pasquale special that he just pulled out of somewhere, and it was an old old Tony cart that we yeah. ran at. Um, <clears throat> we ran at one of the City of Sydney races at Eastern at um, Oran Park. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just remember it was an old it was an old heap of crap, and mm. we ended up yeah finishing. I think we finished second in the weekend. This thing was like a two thousand and eight, which was I wasn't. Even, we were racing in probably. Probably 2010, 2011, and this yeah. cart was from like the late 90s. Yeah, it was. I don't know where he pulled it from, but we just bolted an engine on it, and it went and it worked. So yeah, right. Yeah. So it was an issue that's one that I never forget. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was my favorite cart, but it was just one that yeah I never forget forget racing in. So have yeah. you got any advice for like any young listeners and guys who want to like yourself to make it through just into the supercar support categories? Have you got any yeah. advice for like kids listening to this? Um, biggest advice, I guess, things that I probably learned too late was really own your own story yeah um so if you've got a special story really own that mm-hmm. um and then just just keep creating networks like don't be afraid to talk about yourself with people outside of racing yeah um don't be afraid to talk about your own racing with with other people and what your aspirations are and i i think myself as a kid i i was heavily involved in a lot of that stuff and so i was always cold calling sponsors all the rest of it because obviously mm-hmm. as we know sponsorship money big part of it yeah, yeah, yeah um and so i was actually very fortunate i through all of that i picked up some good sponsors so i got actually sponsored when i was 15 i picked up uh repco australia as a sponsor yeah i remember I picked that picked up tag yeah. Hoyer as a sponsor as well yeah. um so, so how, did a, the, how did the repco thing i totally forgot about that how did the repco thing um basically just cold calling so i was yeah. um yeah i was cold calling companies and repco came up and got onto them and hit it off a little bit with the um with the with the mm. man, marketing manager there yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it went from there and I got to do like at the time they were sponsoring JRM. So I got to do a lot of, um, yeah. promotional events totally with, about with the JRM drivers and everything. So, yeah. um, and then the Tag Hoyer thing, again, similar thing came through cold calling, but, um, mm. yeah, that was pretty cool. Cause I got to go to some, some big events. Um, like when they had a big event down in Melbourne for the Grand Prix, I got to meet Lewis Hamilton in 2008, I think it was when he was first starting out. Yeah, um, right. So didn't so, he come to Eastern Creek Hire Carts as well? He did. Did, yeah. did you go to see? Did you go to that? Nah, because no. that was a Vodafone event. Oh, but, um, okay. Yeah, but when Tag Hoyer had their event down in Melbourne, I got to go to that one. Met Lewis and yeah, and and a few big stars down there, a few tennis stars and whatnot. So um, do you do you remember much of Lewis Hamilton back then? Because not many people have actually met him, I guess. Yeah, to me, I, back then I really liked him, and he was yeah. a great guy, and had all the time in the world for me, and was. Yeah. Like yeah, go and you should talk to this guy and all the rest of it. And, really? Um, yeah. So that that was pretty cool back then. Um, don't know what he'd be like to meet now. But he's, <laughs> he's definitely changed a lot. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I guess seven world championships will do that to you. So. Yeah, and join the Illuminati. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so no, that was cool. And, and going back to the, to the original question, I think that's for me. I sort of kept a lot of that quiet at the yeah. time, and I was sort of just doing it behind the scenes, just working hard myself, but. Now I realise if I if I put it out there more and told my story to more people, then probably would have opened up a lot more doors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably the biggest thing is is just tell your story and don't be afraid to 
yeah yeah to tell everyone what, what you're trying to do because in the end the more people that know about it the more opportunities that could open yeah. up what's your future goals in motorsport though like obviously you want to be a race car driver in supercars have you got any aspirations of eventually owning your own race team at some point or anything uh, like that or not really look for me i'm i'm realistic i'm not as young as a lot of like, i'm not old but i'm also yeah. not as young as a lot of the guys coming through so yeah. for me if i could get in if i could get into super two do a good job and get an enduro drive i'd be pretty happy yeah um in terms of owning a team, one aspiration I've got is probably owning a GT team, yeah, whether okay. it be in Australia or overseas, um, and sort of using that. I've sort of basically my plans is if I don't make it to Giro and supercars, that yeah. take a few years off, help build the business up, and then get it to a point where I can then just go, yep, let's just go race this. Yeah, just right. have some fun racing in that sort of stuff, whether it be overseas or here or wherever it might be. So yeah, would well, Dovishin um, be in, in involved in that? Yeah, I'm sure he would at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we've always spoken about trying to do Bathurst together or something like that. So that'd be pretty cool to, yeah. to link something like that up. So yeah. what was the, what was like? Did you do you do you like do you want to race any certain team in in the in the Bathurst enduros or anything? Or are you um, just to get, is there any nah, like do you want to try and go through the BJR route in a way? Yeah, like look where I am right now. Um, I see that as a very, very good, good stepping stone for me because they're, they're a great team. Brad's very straight to the point. So yeah. if you, if you're not good, he'll let you know. And yeah. If you're, um, yeah. He, he lets you know exactly, exactly what he feels, which is good. I, yeah. I like that. And so for me, I feel like you can learn a lot more. They've also got four cars in the main game. So, mm. um, so yeah, chances of, if you do a good job and can bring some budget, chances are you'll, you'll have an endurance seat there. Mm. um so so yeah so that's obviously short-term goals long-term you just yeah you just don't know it's, yeah yeah you know, those things where what, what's your take on the new gen 3 supercars uh, yeah I don't, I don't mind them they look they look pretty good close up um still got a lot of work by the looks of it to mm. do to get them sorted for next year um yep. i'm hoping that they can get them all sorted and yeah get get racing in it get but all the chassis sorted. We, yeah we need supercars need some some sort of change i think so yeah it's um they've been with the current cars for quite a few years now and yeah they're getting to the point where i think changing things up is, is going to be a good thing and from what they're saying you can follow closer and race better and everything so mm. the, the thing is that i think supercars where it is right now is in a, it's it's a competitive series and that's yeah. what a lot of people forget is the main reason why you don't see much passing is because everyone's so close mm. like when there is a lot of aero though in those cars there is there yeah. is so and that's where i think with the new cars is Reducing that arrow, but also keeping the field very close is mm. you're gonna you're gonna make it a lot better better racing. Yeah. What's your thoughts on like if you were say normally I've said to people in the past if you were like the boss if you were to be the boss of Motorsport Australia, but yep. for you because you're involved in the supercars realm, if you're boss for supercars going forward in the future, what would you do and change in the sport to keep it going? Um, I'll give you my thoughts and I'll give you like. Yeah. I'll, I'll start. Yeah, you can okay. I'll start. So at the moment, supercars is in a direction where obviously you've got Chevy and Ford, but Chevy's kind of like half there, but not really there. Yeah. So they're struggling on that end. Yeah. So as you've said, you, you said with the GT team. So in Japan, I think Japan's got a good formula. So they could essentially turn it into hypothetically, this is like 10, 15 years away yeah. into like a super GT type of yeah, level. Yeah. Do you reckon they should go in that direction or go into a more NASCAR direction, um, so to speak? I think. The I love the Super GT stuff, by the way. That's mm. very cool over there. But yeah. um, I think what what's been proven in Australia is we're very much more that NASCAR side of things. Mm. People love their V8s, and, and what you got to remember, and I think what a lot of people forget when they're talking about where the direction should go, is mm. in the end we're in the entertainment industry. 
yeah. we're a sport where we need people to be watching. And, and I think a lot of people get too hooked up on the comments of people who are just diehard motorsport fans. Yeah. Really what supercars needs to do is go out to the bigger market and they've been doing a good job of that. Mm. And I think that's where the direction that they're going to make the racing better is good. Mm. Um, a lot of people were critical of the different fire strategies and all the rest of it because they're like, oh, it's not real motorsport. But for me, that's the type of racing that people love. Yeah. And people want to see passing. And so I think moving forward where they need to go is is obviously the way that they're setting up this Gen 3 from what I've heard is they're setting it up so it's got the potential to be hybrid in the future and all the rest of it. Yeah, okay. To keep your manufacturers involved in it because you need your manufacturer support. Like you said, mm. Chevy's not not as much involved as what they used to be. Yeah. Um, and I think by doing that, that's going to allow them to really stay with that manufacturer support but also create that good racing. Mm. Um, you just got to look at Formula 1 and how they're – in a way, it's artificial racing, but mm. it's the best racing that we've had in the last two seasons, and yeah. so many people are talking about it. Um, yeah. I think to a lot of a lot of where the category needs to go is more the behind, not so much the on track stuff, but more your what you do off the track in terms of your media and whatnot as well. And really, um, similar what F one's done with with mm. their Netflix series and stuff like that, like that's really changed Formula One. Yeah, um, there's so many new fans in it, and the sports sports thriving at the moment, and mm. so. I think I look at it now, and this is, I guess, where I've changed over the years, is I used to look at it purely from a racing point of view, but I now look at it from more of a business and sustainability point of view. Is yeah. You really need that business side of it to be working so that teams are getting paid the proper money so that they can get the proper drivers in. Yeah. that's one of the big things at the moment is the teams aren't really generating. Not making money, are they? Exactly. And, yeah. And so what, that, what that's created is it's created a situation where half the drivers on the grid are paying yeah. or they're bringing their own sponsors or whatever it might be. and It'd be great if the if the category if supercars could get to a point where teams are making enough money that they can just pick and choose the drivers that they want. Yeah, and they right. Can then like have a, their junior yeah. categories, and they can then everyone can have a super two team where they can go. Well, we actually want to give this guy an opportunity, or whoever it might be, mm. because we can, and we're going to half fund it, or whatever it might be, because we've got the money there, because we're making this money in in main yeah. game supercars. And Do so, you reckon they should have more wild card races going forward, like more wild card drivers? In the field, like OJ did a great yeah. job, same Boise, yeah. right? Those boys, do you reckon there should be more of like the, back in the day in the 90s at the Privateers yeah. Cup? Do you reckon yeah. they should have more guys joining each round or do you reckon it should just stay as like um, a specialty thing? No, I, I like the I like the wild cards. I think any time that you can have more mm. more drivers in in a category, it's going to be good. And same as I think they need to do, and again, it comes back to the whole what teams make out of it. If you can make the teams make more, then they're going to have bigger budgets to be able to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, same as like Bathurst. Like, I think it'd be great if there was more wildcard entrance at Bathurst. Um, yeah. Whether it be the solo rounds or not, I think if you can have your enduros and go back to the three enduros where you can then have, all right, we'll do a wildcard just for the endurance series. Yeah. And then if when they get to the point, and this is probably a li little bit different, is a lot of people still want Super 2 to be the older cars. But for me, if Super 2 was the same as the current spec, Mm. then you'd be able to encourage those teams to then come on board and maybe just do an enduro mm. wildcard or whatever it might isn't be. Isn't that what supercars isn't that what the supercars board is looking at now though? To maybe even just skip that whole thing and bring the, the next gen or yeah. is it, well, it's kinda of too hard because the whole build, I guess, of the car. That, yeah, the issue that they got again it comes back to what teams are making and a lot of teams their whole structure in terms of financial structure is based on selling the current cars to super two teams. Yeah. And so for them, that's a big financial burden if they can't do that. And mm. I think that's where they've created themselves a problem now is they can't really just skip it because a lot of teams re 
mm. are reliant on earning money from selling their current cars to Super 2 teams. Yep. And so that's that's where I think it's going to be tricky for them to just go, bang, yep, let's all go Gen 3 because it's not going to be that simple. No. Um, and, yeah, so maybe moving forward, eventually they'll be able to get to that point. But it's, um, mm. yeah, I think right now in terms of directly transferring over, it's going to be a lot more difficult than, than what they think at Maybe. first. Because you've obviously we've spoken about the supercar stuff. Have you ever even looked at doing S5000 or TCR at all, or you're just not uh, interested in that? Yeah, no, look, to be honest, I'm very interested in TCR. Yeah. issue that we got is, again, it comes back to sponsorship stuff, is yeah. you just don't get the same people watching it. Like, yeah, and, and that's yeah. why when you asked me about Super GT, like yeah. Supercar's direction, the Australian market just loves V8. Yeah. That's as simple as it is, like. And this is where, like, TCR have tried to make themselves be their own event, all the rest of yeah. it, the S5000, all the rest of it, and it just doesn't work. And they're just supporting Supercars of Bathurst. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's to me, it's, I'd love, like, I, I really like TCR because it's got that window to, and the opportunity to go overseas. Yeah. Um, but from a sponsorship point of view, for me, it just doesn't, doesn't make so much sense because you just don't get the same level of people watching it. Like, Supercars, they're, they're one of the most watched sports in the country. Mm. Um, like Bathurst is the most watched sporting event that we have. Mm. Um, and so f- for me, it's, it's hard to go to a sponsor and go, well, here's what you're getting in supercars land. Here's what you get in TCR. Yeah, it might be a little bit cheaper, but I'm going to give you probably a tenth of what you can get in supercars. Yeah. And so that's where, from a business perspective, it's like, well, you're probably better off going into supercars trying to get that little bit extra money because you can actually give a lot more to your sponsors. So your sponsors are going to be more keen to stick around. Yeah. Um, I think that whole side of it, a lot of it's, you can look some, some make it work with sponsorship, but a lot of it comes from your own, your own dollars and, or your own direct connections with sponsors as well. Yeah. So Evan, have you, as, as you said, you jumped straight from carts to the Utes. Yeah. At a point in karting at all, like me, have everyone knows that I do Formula Ford and stuff. Yeah. Did you ever look at the Formula Ford route or anything like that, or you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I I actually looked at um, Formula Ford, Formula Three at the time. Yeah, okay. Um, I was actually talking with guys, and this all sort of came through. Um, Tag Hoyer. Yeah, okay. I was talking with guys overseas in Formula Renault, and they had a series at the time called Formula Masters. Yep. Um, and yeah, we we're actually very close to making that happen, but a few things happened along the way that obviously. A lot of it comes down to money, but didn't, mm. didn't quite work out. But, um, yeah, I was always at first wanting to go down either the open wheel route to get overseas and then move into GT cars over there mm-hmm. um, or something similar. But, um, yeah, like most people's stories, just didn't, didn't quite happen. Just didn't work out. Because of sponsorship and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah well, Aaron, dude, I'm so proud that you, I'm so proud that you came on this podcast. And, um, yeah, no, thanks Hopefully I'll get you back soon. Yeah, no, it's been yeah. good fun. Thank no you. I hope you enjoyed season one of On the Couch with Hooli. I'll be taking a break to focus on my own racing for now, but I'll be back for season two at the end of this year. Keep an eye on our social media pages for all the updates. The links are all in the show notes.